back to one more thing. This is episode 11, which is one more than 10. And I'm here with a recurring guest, Josh Rosenberg. I'll give you just the shortened credentials because we've already done this before. <laughs> Former radio host, current teacher, and parent. And probably those are the biggest highlights and the, the ones that matter. So welcome, Josh. We're going to go through some random, uh, maybe some lightning round top threes today. So it's good to be here, my brother. Now, you texted me last night. What if I bring the mic into work? And at first I was feeling a little apprehensive, but I could tell that you were inspired. And the format was simple. The format was no bullet points, no topics. Whatever flows right now is all organic, all natural. So even as the phone is ringing, we're not editing that out. We're not. Anything I say throughout this podcast is on record. So I'm ready to roll. That's called a risk because I don't know what I'm going to say today. Excellent. So I thought it'd be fun to just do a random top three and it can be anything and maybe we'll just go back and forth. I'll ask you a top three and then you can ask me a top three. And if it's a topic that we both think is really important, we'll both answer it. All right. Well, to hijack your podcast, I'm going to start. Excellent. This just came to me. Perfect. Okay. So when you're a fifth grader, after school, list of activities has changed to what kids are doing today. My friend and I would practice batting stances. Excellent. So this is probably batting stances of the late 80s, early 90s, Mm -hmm. which were your favorite Major League Baseball player batting stances? Top three. Uh, I could do well. Will Clark. Okay. Sammy Sosa. Ooh. And I would throw in a little Mark McGuire. Why did you like Will the Thrill? Will the Thrill because he always had the cape. So when you finished, you had to finish <laughs> high with a little left hand over the eyes. That's so you right. couldn't see. That's yeah. right. That was some natural power. I mean, Will played in the era where boys were big. But he was kind of slender. He just looked like a guy you'd see at Home Depot. Yeah. You know, maybe getting some gardening supplies. But he had that quiet power mm-hmm. and that batting stance where kind of he would keep his right shoulder over his mouth. Tucked, almost licking yes. his shoulder yes, as yes. he was getting into the box. Yes, Absolutely. Yes. I uh, was a big fan of the Sammy Sosa as well because he got his hands nice and wide outside of his body. Yeah. Um, but it's just so funny to look at the body types between a Will Clark who was Looked like he barely lifted a weight ever in his life to the steroid era of Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and all those guys that are just jacked beyond belief. I remember seeing Sosa at Candlestick uh, at the height of that summer with McGuire, just chasing the juice. Testosterone was flowing, and he put one so close to the bullhorn. I, I was so blissfully naive. I didn't know much about steroids, but he hit a baseball like you and I would hit a golf ball. Oh, yeah. I had to cheer. I mean, I'm not a Cubs fan, but I had to stand up and just quietly Absolutely. applaud what I was watching. Well, think about the the era we lived through with the Barry Bonds era, where it felt like every pitch, if it was close to the strike zone, yes. he was going to hit about a mile. In the in the drink. We now condemn this era, right? Yeah. But it was fun. It was really fun. Are we losing sight of how fun it was? Well, the, yeah. I mean, back in the day when they used to not have any restrictions on bats, <laughs> and then you would watch the College World Series, and LSU would beat some team like... 25 to 13, <laughs> and you pretty much realize that, uh, eh, you know, a pitcher's going to die one day That's because true. the ball is going to come off way too hot. Or a third baseman or a third base coach. Yeah. But yeah, discipline and rules are good, but let's not overlook the fact that, God, it was fun watching yeah. these balls sail. Definitely. All right, my top three. Let's go Julio Franco, obviously, right? Excellent, yeah. Who played until he was 74 yeah. uh, with the bat parallel over his head. I don't know how that was efficient. 
Yeah, he pointed the bat at the pitcher, I think. <laughs> How is that ever something that he was practicing and said, yup, yeah. you got to have bat speed. Uh, Ricky Henderson, low yeah. in the crouch. Really Ricky low. was so open. It was almost like he was standing towards the pitcher, and then he would get his arms towards the plate. Well, I'm pretty sure Ricky, all he had to do was put it in play, and he was safe. Yes. He was the fastest guy I've ever seen. I've never actually seen a player like Ricky before or since. Bo Jackson's the only one that, for me, rivals his athleticism. Just those thigh muscles? Thighs. Yeah, it's just like thighs. running backs on baseball fields. The difference was Bo Jackson also had forearms that looked about the yeah. same. That documentary about <laughs> Bo was so great because it almost sounded like you were talking about Paul Bunyan. Yeah. Like people were just describing mythological stories. And yeah. you go, no, that was Bo. No, that's real. It's a real human. <laughs> that's real. Um, and my third, I, I actually liked Eric Davis of the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah? He would dangle taller. the bat. Yeah. With the, yeah. It almost looked like he was antagonizing the pitcher, just dangling the bat. And that was a good Reds team with Barry Larkin. Very good. My cousin actually played for that team right before Barry Larkin became their shortstop. That's right. I remember. Kurt Stowell that. was their shortstop, and then they got Barry Larkin, and my cousin didn't have a job anymore. The Mars Shot days. <laughs> yeah. You remember that character? Yeah. Good well, Lord. back, that was almost when Pete Rose was still player coach when my cousin was on the Reds, and then he obviously had some issues that have currently left him out of the Hall of Fame, which will probably be a good discussion at some point. At some point. Now, you and I could have this conversation for an hour because we knew all the batting stances. Do you think any fifth graders right now in Novato are doing the batting practice game? No. I don't either. And that's sad. There's no baseball cards anymore, and there ain't no batting stance game. No. Their sock game is strong, though. Sock (laughs) game strong. Right. (laughs) No. uh, All right. I'm going to give you a a top three question here and and see see if we can continue. Top three ideal vacation spots. Okay, that I've never been to. Never been to. Okay, let's start with Greece. I like the food. I've seen Santorini on television. It looks fake. It looks like a set. Like if Hollywood was to create a set of the most beautiful white powder beaches. Mm -hmm. A shade of blue that my eyeballs have never seen. Yeah. So if I could go to the Greek Isles and swim through these caves and then get out and eat a bunch of hummus and baba ganoush <laughs> and uh, what's that clear liqueur? Ouzo? Is that Greek? Ouzo. Yeah, Maybe. I just want to consume everything. The gyros. Um, you've seen those like hotels built into the cliff. Mm-hmm. It just seems like heaven. So that's got to be number one. Uh, I do want to go to Vietnam. As history teachers, I think it would be fascinating mm-hmm. to go throughout... Vietnam, Southeast Asia, and see the cultures. And then, hmm, this might throw you for a loop, but I've never been to Canada. And during the Winter Olympics in Vancouver, they were showing some shots of the city that were just breathtaking. So I think Vancouver in the winter on a ski trip uh, with friends or family sounds pretty spectacular. So right off the top of my head, let's go Greece, Vietnam, and Vancouver. Excellent. Yeah, I I think for me, and this is ironic because my wife would hate these three options because my options are always more sightseeing and then maybe more history involved and stuff like that. My wife, you just put her on a beach and she's happy. So hers would probably be all sunny spots. But Mm -hmm. I would say I would love to go on a cruise to Alaska. I want to go to Iceland. And I think that a a third one for me would probably be Russia. Um, I've never been to Russia, but I feel like as a history person, I want to kind of feel Russia a little bit more. And someone that does and has traveled Europe recently, I feel like as a teacher, when I'm trying to teach things, it gives me the opportunity to teach from a better perspective when I've actually felt the culture. Um, and Russia is a hard one for me because I think 
Russians in general are more reserved in the way that they kind of uh, put their emotions out there. It's almost like an emotionless society. Not that mm-hmm. they're completely emotionless, but they, they don't wear their emotions on their sleeves generally. So, Would you fit in? Yeah, that's me anyway. <laughs> so it's all good. I probably am a closet Russian or something like that. I'm stunned. And this is proof that opposites attract in a marriage because your wife, give her the beach towel in Fiji, and you just said Russia. Yeah. I don't know anybody... <laughs> Of all the places to visit who would say Russia, and I have Russian blood in me right now, but that is the very last place on my entire list of destinations. Yeah. But go back to Iceland. Why Iceland? Um, I think it. all the pictures I've seen, it's beautiful. It looks like a place that's like very leisurely. You can go to a, a hot spring or something like that, and that would be idyllic. But for me, I, I think it's just being able to say I've been to Iceland. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a more of a hot tourist spot than it's been in the past. Like n- most people used to never think Iceland was a good tourist spot. But now I look at it and go, yeah, that looks good. Yeah. And okay. I like cold. I, honestly, I like cold weather than I like warm weather. For me, warm weather is frustrating. I'd rather have a jacket on and know, okay, like I can get warm later mm-hmm. um, than be just hot. Like for me, hot is just so frustrating. Well, Nevada must be tough because there are some days in this town. True. That are a little warmer than other areas around us. But but my rule with Novato is I know I'm always going to have the morning. Because the true. morning is always about 50 degrees. Chris. And then it's going to be about, if it's hot, it's going to be 100. Mm-hmm. I, I've never lived or, or been in any other place where the spread is like 50 degrees mm-hmm. on a hot day. Yeah. You know, usually it's, oh, it's 80 degrees at night. Or San Diego, it's 69 at night and about 81 on a hot day. You know, I got so spoiled living in San Diego that I forgot that it was ideal weather. I got so used to it. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have winter. You don't have spring or fall. It's just summer that I stopped appreciating it. Yeah. And that happens. I bet there's people who commute across the Golden Gate Bridge every morning that don't look around anymore. That's got to be sad. I know. It's so stunning. You and I yeah. are from the Bay Area. But when you cross the Golden Gate Bridge, it's I still, still special. Have, I, every time I come back, I still, while, even when I'm driving, and this is terrible, I want to look when, it, when I get to that spot, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. Vista of spot. Course, of course. I want to look. And, and even I'll, I'll take a glance or maybe get to the right lane so mm-hmm. I can kind of just take a quick glance back. Yeah, if, if I ever lose that, I know that I'm not in a good place mentally. Yeah, to never stop appreciating beauty or entering a ballpark. Like yeah. you went to a Giants game this summer, mm-hmm. right? When you first entered the ballpark and looked at that green grass and the dirt, did you get the feeling? Yeah. It's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. It's almost indescribable. But as a sports fan, it all starts when you're young. I, as detached as I am now with baseball... I still get that same feeling, like you said, walking in the in the yard, the smell of the smell. You know, hot dogs yep. and you know now it's garlic fries and popcorn and whatever else is going on. All that still appeals to my child, my inner child. Right, right. To, you yeah. and I didn't say anything in America. I, I would like to go to New Orleans. I've never been to New York, so okay. I would love to go to New York. And these are eating trips. New York and New Orleans. We're talking about attacking the food scene. For sure. I assume. I, I'm not really trying to see the sights in New York, mm-hmm. but I probably would go to a Broadway show if I could afford it, and I would eat. Yeah. Nice. All right, I have a tough one for you. Okay. By the way, have you ever explored why you don't enjoy being on the beach, receiving sun and relaxation? For some reason, beaches... It's <sighs> yeah, too boring? It, yeah, it, it bores me. And unless I have a good book that I can distract myself from the boredom, I'm not enjoying it. Or... If, if we're on the beach and, and everyone wants to go play volleyball or someone wants to go, and back when I was uh, in college, we used to play this game called two ball mm-hmm. with baseballs. And, you know, you had to catch both balls uh, and you throw it with one hand and then catch it with either two hands or one hand. Um, and it, it's almost like playing flip. 
you know, when you're a kid. Sure. And for us, we'd go to the beach and play two ball because you could dive in the sand and that was enjoyable. But for me, sitting on the beach sounds awful. So you got to keep it active. I have to be active. Otherwise, I'm bored. I get it. So your trips are kind of more from a perspective of let me see some culture and history expand my mind. Well, we went to Hawaii and my wife sat on the beach and I went golfing. Oh, that's so. That's a heavenly way to relax. All right. Here's probably more of a bottom three. Sure. Just off the top of your head, three of the worst movies you've ever seen. And I'm talking about might have left the theater but just so bad that you wondered how Hollywood could have green-lighted it in the first place. Oh, man. There's so many bad movies now. But I'm talking um, about monumentally terrible. Yeah. Maybe uh, even ones that a lot of other people like, and you go, I don't get it. Okay, so this one's bad because I know that there's a cult following for this franchise, but one of the last Star Wars movies, me and my wife got through about, I think it was... It wasn't the most current one that's The Last Jedi. It was the one before that, and I'm not even going to remember the title because I hated it so much. I went through about two-thirds of the movie, mm-hmm. and me and my wife looked at each other and said, I think we need to go buy a bed. Like it was, <laughs> it was, we, we were pretty much just done. You so had to remind each other you had free will. We, we needed to leave. leave. Yeah. yeah, and so it, for me and my wife, we do a Christmas movie list every year. It's like some, when we walk out of a film, it, something was wrong. So for us, and what's ironic is I, I later talked to some of my students and they said, you know what? We agree with you. The first two thirds of that movie was awful, but the last act was great. And I was like, well, I'll never see the last really? act. So, oh, how are you going to keep know. me in my seat? I know, exactly. I got to be there first reason. for me. To, yeah. Um, so that, that would be one. Um, I saw a movie, I think it was Excuse Me for Calling or something like that. Uh, and I'm probably not doing the title right, but it was a, a, a newer, uh, more recent movie that we saw together. And it was done by a lot of the same guys that wrote Get Out, which I love. Yeah, that was great. But the problem I had with this one is that it took so many risks that for me fell really flat um, to the point where it was like uncomfortable and just weird. Was it Jordan Peele? It was a Peel. Peel was in the movie. Really? And I like him. I like a lot of the stuff he does. Uh, but it just didn't speak to me. And my wife was sitting there going, please, can we leave? Oh, and yeah. I was like, I got to see the end. Maybe it's good. And I, I never quite got there. So that one for me was no good. Um, and then I would say the last terrible movie I've seen, I had it in my mind and now I can't remember. That's all good. You're oh. an optimist, though. You tend to go into a theater saying, I want to like it, right? Yes. The last one was Shape of Water. And the reason <laughs> uh, for me on that. is I loved everything about the movie except for the plot. So what did you love? I loved the, the cinematography was great. Okay. The lighting was fine. I thought the actors were generally pretty good. I'll give you that. Um, but the storyline for me, I, you know, it's, it's for, for me, free Willie. Don't mess around with Willie. Let Willie go. Like, it's, it's just not not my thing. Well, so. I'm impressed. You can still appreciate aspects of a bad movie. Yeah. It's like if I'm watching a horrible football team, I'm not going to say, but the uniforms looked nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I tend to throw it all down the toilet and flush it away if the plot is bad. The Shape of Water, I couldn't do either. But mm-hmm. that was probably expected. Yeah. Um, for me, a Bill Murray movie that was filmed in Japan called Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation. Most people loved it. They thought it was so artsy. It was so slow. But had a reputation mm-hmm. that made me think I should stay. I was in the theater. 
The only th- the only redeeming factor for me in that movie is Scarlett Johansson. Like she's. You mean it's her beauty or her? The acting? fact that she arrived essentially with that movie, like that's that's the beginning of her career in a lot of ways. Was she good in it? She was good enough to become who she is She's now. She's a great actress, but I don't remember like feeling like, oh, this performance is memorable. And I was on a first date, mm. so I had to check in. You know, if if the girl I was with was enjoying it, I would have to stay. But I gave her a look like I'm torturing myself with this film (laughs) and she was down to leave so we bounced probably 15 minutes before the credits but i just wanted more because that is a good cast bill murray's great scarlett's great but the movie maybe i should rewatch it did nothing for me it was so dull um the sequel to dumb and dumber no i don't mean the sequel that happened probably three years after the original dumb and dumber the actual sequel with jim carrey and did you see that um i saw the previews and said i don't know if i want to torture myself so you like the original, right? Yeah. 1995, 96. Yeah. I don't know anyone that doesn't like it. Classic. Yeah. Exactly. It was so good. It was almost magic. Yeah. Like, it hit me right in my comic soul. Like, I was just like, everything's working. I've never seen humans laugh that hard in the theater, people falling out of their seats. So the fact that Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels tried to recreate that two years ago, mm-hmm. it was sad. It yeah. actually was more of a tragedy yeah. than a comedy because they tried to rehash all the old hijinks. You know what's funny about Jeff Daniels? I think my favorite Jeff Daniels is the one that acted in Newsroom. Oh, Have he you was seen good Newsroom? In that. Of course. I thought he was great. And that really opening good. scene was excellent. Will he does McAvoy? The monologue. Yeah. yeah, when he's speaking to the crowd. That monologue is excellent. But yeah, that, it's funny because I, I haven't always loved him as a comic. But for some reason, Dumb and Dumber works. Harry. It just works. Yeah. The only other comedy that I think rivals Dumb and Dumber, in my opinion, is Tommy Boy. Oh, I love it. Because Farley and, and Spade together, just excellent. It's always watchable. Yeah. Like some movies you need like a span of time to pass before you watch it again. I could do Tommy Boy seven nights in a row mm-hmm. and get something new out of it. Yeah. God, he could sell some tires, those Callahan tires. All right. I got one for you. Yes, sir. Top three. I didn't give you my third, by the way. Okay. Just three billboards outside of Billings, Missouri. Yeah. Why was that nominated? I'll never know. I haven't seen it yet, so. It truly, then I won't elaborate, but it didn't make sense, and I'll explain why. Okay. The actual movie doesn't make sense. And it's a good cast. Everything you said, like The Shape of Water, I guess the cinematography was fine, but God, it fell flat. All right. Okay. Top three sports movies of all time. Okay. Uh, Number one, He Got Game, a Spike Lee joint with Ray Allen and Denzel. Yeah. I remember leaving the theater on a natural high. Was Woody Harrelson in that one or was that Above the Rim? (laughs) No, it was White White Man Man Can't Jump. Jump. There you go. Above the Rim, I think that was with Tupac. And that was pretty good. Good soundtrack, too. Back when people liked soundtracks. Soundtracks on cassette or disc, compact disc. Mm -hmm. Loved He Got Game. I thought the score, so not the soundtrack, but just the music, like Mm -hmm. the jazz and symphonic score that Spike Lee used. Look at me trying to sound smart about music in a movie. Plus, how about Ray Allen not being a disaster of an actor? Mm -hmm. Spike Lee was just at a Nixon-Bucks game, and he spoke with Ray, and he goes, I got a role for you. (laughs) This guy wasn't even an actor, and it worked. I really like Spike Lee movies. Um, So He Got Game, Major League, Charlie Sheen, Tom Berenger, uh, Dorn, I loved Major League. Uh, Coach Lou. I thought Major League as a kid 
was like hard knocks today. I actually thought it was an inside look into yeah. real life of professionals. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of profanity. And I think I was so young that that was still exciting. To, so cool. To see rated R. Did you see the other ones? Major League Two? Yeah. And wasn't there like a back to the minors yeah. in there? <laughs> Just straight to DVD at the checkout yeah. line in a grocery store movies. But the original Major League with Wesley Snipes as yeah. Willie Mays Hayes. Charlie before, Sheen. Yeah. Omar Epps then played him. Don't you hate that in a sequel where they recast it? Yeah, yeah no, it I need, doesn't work. I need Wesley Snipes still. Yeah. Um, and then a third sports movie. Let me get away from the mainstream sports. Miracle was pretty good, the ice hockey yeah. movie. Very good. Um, I want to go back in the day, though. Oh, Hoosiers, we should say. Were you going to say it? Yeah. Okay, I'll give you Hoosiers. This is the last time I was blown away by a sports movie. Non-documentary. Um... Oh, I liked Invictus, rugby okay. movie with Matt Damon. Yeah. Because it told a lot of South Africa's history. Yeah. Morgan Freeman, Morgan I think, Freeman played Mandela. Played Mandela yeah. Loved Invictus. So there's my trio. Major League, he got game. And let's go rugby. Invictus. Uh I have to go Hoosiers because that was my, that probably played in my house more than twice a week. Gene I was sitting there watching them win the championship twice a week. And then I would go outside and play basketball for about an hour. Jimmy Chitwood, was that his name? Yeah, Jimmy Chitwood. Makes the last shot, finally gets a chance. Did it hit get him glass eligible. from the corner? I thought it was on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, they, there's, uh, there's, there's definitely one that was my childhood. I would say The Natural was oh, one yeah. of my favorites. Well, Robert you're just Redford. listing the greatest. Well, that, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, The Natural was definitely in there. And I'll throw a screwball one in there. Bull Durham, for me, is, I mean, the, the combination of Kevin Costner, and I can't remember the other guy's name, but the, the catcher... Tim Robbins. Um, Tim Robbins is the other pitcher, Okay. Right? There, there's another guy in the story, and I can't remember, but he later plays in a couple movies with Will Ferrell, and my children watch Wreck-It Ralph, and he's Ralph in Wreck-It Ralph. So. Is it Jonathan C. Riley? <sighs> it's Peter. I think it's something Peters. Hmm. Um, hmm. And I can't remember... His name, but he's excellent as well. But Burl Durham, the the scene where everyone is walking to the mound and they're all having the conversation about we need a chicken to kill and we need uh, <laughs> this guy needs this and this uh, that that scene to me is just absolutely classic baseball. And anyone that's played baseball knows that that happens in a lot of those meetings where everyone's stopping and going up. And it, funny thing is, well, last time I was at a baseball game, you know that they actually have a timer now on the scoreboard when the people actually have to get in and like hit so that I actually did not they're know that. on the clock all the time when and did it, that start I don't know but I was actually bothered by it I was bothered by the fact that you took a game that is known as not having a clock mm-hmm. like you it's a pure game it's almost like life right you just kind of end when it's over that's right and now mm-hmm. you're trying to program that game so that people are playing it and i get it it's for the fans and it's for tv and but you probably make fans? more money the fans who have short attention spans i think it's probably for the people at home that are sitting there going man this commercial break is so long mm-hmm. why am i still doing this why was it so palatable and easy to watch baseball back in the day and now we have to adjust it for people who need things a little speedier because we have no attention span because, I mean, in today's world, we've been talking to this uh, as teachers. Now these kids are so used to these kids. Us, too. We, we look at our phones, and for us, our attention is going 18 different ways all the time. We don't have the ability anymore to, to be present and focus on certain So things. it's unhealthy. The immediacy of all the stimulus, the immediacy of how we receive news, the immediacy of how we communicate, have we realized that it's so unhealthy for us because we're not present anymore? Even mm-hmm. these kids, these kids, when they take a test— the next day, 
they asked me what the grade was. Yeah. When you and I were in high school, it was a month. Oh, for sure. You never knew what your grade was. And you never knew when you were going to get back. <laughs> right. No, the, uh, the thing that killed me about going to that game, and I, I hadn't been to a game in probably a year or so, and I looked around and everyone's on their phone. I hate it. Everyone's Instagramming. Every And, and all of those things, like, I'm guilty. Yeah, sure. I Instagrammed it too. Um, but it's frustrating. It's It's almost like... Sometimes we need to find a way to reality check that. And I don't know what the answer is because I don't know if there's an easy answer to this. But Who's filming it, though? You're at the live sporting event. Look, yeah. it's being filmed by Fox Sports already. Yeah. If you think you're going to film Buster Posey's at bat and show me later, Jason, yeah. I'll be bored. And I'm not watching it. No, don't <laughs> yeah. post it. We Please know you're at the game. Yeah. My God. No, I know. It's sad. All right. Your All right. Turn. Uh, three breakfast cereals, your top. And I'm talking breakfast about cereals. for the rest of your life, if you only had to commit. To three. And they could be discontinued. Things that you don't see on the shelf, but you remember from the 80s are fine. Um, but three breakfast cereals that make your top three. I, so my problem is I only have two. I could be okay with two. Really? I'm a Honey Bunches of Oats with almonds. Not okay. even in my top 30. Okay. And <laughs> multi-grain Cheerios. Are you that healthy? I'm that sad. Wait, so growing <laughs> up, growing up, you must have had a healthy home. I don't know if it was a healthy home or if it was just that my parents wouldn't buy the other stuff. But I have I, you ever tasted like Golden Grams or no? You haven't. No. It's just sugar in a bowl. It's yeah, dessert. That's it's what not I've heard. Right, this is dessert. <laughs> that's what I've heard. Okay. But so you, being well, hold on. But being a parent, loops. but yeah. being a parent, I get it because I you just want your kid to eat. It's a so there there's a, a a period where you just go. I hope they'll eat anything. And so here, here's your bowl of sugar, God, and I funny. hope it works. And that milk is going to taste sweet yep. afterwards. Well, I grew up in a home where my mom stocked, I'm not exaggerating, 16 boxes of cereals at all times. So by the time I went to college, I was on detox mode. I didn't have a bowl of cereal for probably 11 years because <laughs> my entire upbringing was just crazy amounts of cereal. We would do concoctions. I would mix, you know, raisin bran with life. Topped with a little drizzle of Apple Jacks. I was making recipes out of all the cereals. So there were too many in my life. But right now, if I was to go to the grocery store and find the ideal cereals, of course, Frosted Flakes is in my top three. Tony the Tiger, such a treat. Mm -hmm. Um, Rice Krispies used to make one called Rice Krispie Treats cereal. Yeah. Have you ever had a Rice Krispie Treat? Uh, I have. I don't like them. No, me either. But in a cereal form? My wife could eat a whole tray. And she loves it when people makes, make me Rice Krispie Treats because she knows she gets them. So. Oh, yeah. What about, have you ever heard of Raisin Squares? No. Okay. Have you ever heard of Waffle Crisp? I clearly have not spent enough time <laughs> in the cereal aisle. Well, what do you do cereal. for breakfast? Um, currently, I, I have a Honey Bunches of Oats. Oh, with, you do cereal? Uh, yeah, and I do almond milk. So. Well, Waffle Crisp is mini waffles in your milk, and if you close your eyes, you'll float into Narnia. Yeah. It's a Nirvana feeling that overtakes your body. You know we like food. Yeah. But when you have a bite of Waffle Crisp, it's really yeah. dessert. It's for no sure. longer breakfast. All right. So we're going to go from breakfast cereal mm-hmm. to if you could have three meals before you die. Oh, baby. What are your three meals you eat before you die? All right. Right out of the gates, my mom's corned beef and cabbage. It's a shame that people think it's only for St. Patty's Day. Yeah. Have you ever had great home-cooked corned beef? I've tried to make corned beef and cabbage. Yes. And I can make it. It's not good. Really? No. Use the I, slow cooker or the oven? I use, I've used every, I've tried everything. And my, my problem is I, I get frustrated with cooking because there's certain things that I know I'm decent at mm-hmm. and it's palatable for most people. They, some people even think it's good. 
But certain classic recipes, sure. for some reason, fall flat for me. My kryptonite is salmon. I, I have an Achilles heel. I don't do salmon well. You do. I do. You get I love, it on the boat. Yeah, I'm good with, good with salmon. I'm, the, the other one for me that I can't do well is turkey. Like every time I cook a turkey, it's not right. Wait, have you ever messed up a Thanksgiving? Like you've been relied upon for the turkey and no, it came so, out poorly? No, so far, I've always only been the backup. Mm. So my, my mom does a turkey second and I do a backup, a backup turkey. And so I become the second string turkey in case there's a ruined Well, turkey. that's hard. I mean, is there any meal more evaluated than Thanksgiving's turkey where everyone has to comment it around the table? Yeah. Everybody has a comment. Well, see, what I started doing in both uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas is I'll do prime rib, which I do well. Oh, baby. And so for me, serious? yeah. Oh, yeah. I love a good prime rib. And I can, I can barbecue a great prime rib. Wow. But turkey... It's not right. That's it's either a little under, which mm-hmm. is never good, because you don't want it under your poultry, or it's just over and you're like, this is chalk. Right. Why am I eating chalk? I've never had a deep fried turkey, but just like thick, cured. Doesn't that sound like a heart attack? Yeah. <laughs> deep fried turkey? I mean, actually, there's a lot of things <laughs> that I'll do like once or twice a year knowing that there's guilt coming, but it's just, you got to do it. So definitely corned beef, cabbage, and potatoes out of a slow cooker. Mm-hmm. Um there's a sushi restaurant in San Diego called Ota, just right next to a 7-Eleven and a strip mall. You would never know. O-T-A. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go there for the maguro, the hamachi, all the nigiri sashimi and rolls. Mm-hmm. If this is my last meal, I would have such a platter of raw fish. <laughs> I'd get mercury poisoning and <laughs> die about it. before <laughs> my last meal. And then finally, let's go sloppy enchiladas. Okay. I'm talking about oozing cheese and ground beef and a side of refried beans and chips and guac. Um, maybe Los Panchitos. Terra Linda has a good Mexican spot, but where are the best enchiladas? Oh man! If you're I, gonna get real sloppy with that Mexican food, I've never had great. I, I have to say, I've never had great enchiladas, oh. and maybe I've been turned off by it because every time I've tried it, I'm like, mm, that's either too wet for me, or it's just I don't know. There's something just not right. So if you go to Mexican, like, is Las Guitarras still around? Yeah. Okay. If you go there, what's your wheelhouse? Um, actually, the last time I went there, I got fish tacos. They were excellent. Yeah, that place I'm a is big good. fan of a good fish taco. Me too. Yeah. And your wife's from San Diego, so you get them. She loves a good fish taco as well. She actually, one of her favorite places is Finn's, which I don't even know if it still exists hmm. in San Diego, but there there has been like one holdout Finn's in San Diego. Was she it a chain? It was a chain that ended up becoming a chain and then shrunk back down to one oh. restaurant again. But it's basically a seafood burrito Yum. taco place. Well, they have, you know, Rubio's was founded on the campus of San Diego State. Just mm-hmm. a student had the idea, and now Ralph Rubio is a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Wahoo's is decent. So yeah, you don't have to go for like the most authentic. Just go to fast food in San Diego. Yeah. You'll get that fish taco. For sure. All right. What are your three meals? All right. I, I'm simple. Like a, a taco that is good or a burrito that's homemade and good. I love making it and mm-hmm. I love eating it no matter what. You know, I, it doesn't have to be elaborate. Right. I'll do, sometimes I'll do steak. Sometimes I'll do chicken. If I could do fish tacos, I would try it. But I'm a little skeptical of trying to deep fry a fish. Because I don't have a deep fryer and I'm a little afraid of doing anything like that. Um, but just a simple taco with just a little bit of green onion, a little bit of cilantro, maybe beans, but I'm okay without them. Mm-hmm. A little bit of salsa. So just simple. But for me, that's just excellent. Yum. Um, I love Thanksgiving dinner. For me, Thanksgiving dinner wow, really? is like just for some reason, turkey, dark, dark meat turkey with mashed potatoes and gravy little sweet potato, um, 
stuffing, my mom's stuffing, all of that stuff just reminds me of childhood and reminds me of those amazing events that we were having and, and the food was always the topper. Is her stuffing so, vegetarian or does she throw some sausage in there? Oh no, everything that our family grew up on had meat in it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, I think that, that was a rule. Wait, I'm um, surprised. So Thanksgiving is in your top three, but you only have it one out of every 365 days? Oh yeah. Why it's got to be special. We, why don't we make it more though? It's in your top three. It, it should is. be a monthly. It's not that expensive and difficult, is it? No, I don't think so. And it's probably cheaper to buy turkey outside of the season if you're going to do it. But yeah, I don't know. Um, it's like eggnog. It's so good. I wish it was in the grocery store all the time. It is kind of a labor of love though. Like when you cook a turkey, it's a it's a commitment. Yeah. You know, you're definitely, because you got to monitor it yeah. make sure you're not burning anything and you got to be there the whole day. It's not like a slow cooker where it's like, my house probably won't burn down. I don't love yams. I don't love sweet potatoes. You gotta have a good yam. I don't love green beans. I don't love stuffing. I don't even love cranberry. So it's not my holiday. Yeah. But if you're bringing prime rib to the situation, prime rib is excellent. Then I'm there. I'm a big fan of adding that to the, the whole machinery of Thanksgiving dinner. You so, do prime rib on Christmas also. I do both. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now that yeah, I've now that I started doing prime rib. Yes, sir. Um, I do it on both, and it's excellent. You got the the key to prime rib is you cook it obviously with the the bone rack still on it never get it without the bones mm -hmm. and if you do it right you kind of just set it's all the prep work and then once you get the prep work done you're just measuring temperatures and you're fine but you, you don't want to check it too many times then it's a, then it's an issue then you have too many temperature changes <laughs> so you got to kind of allow it and trust the process trust like the anything, metrics right? it's like an espn analysis yeah exactly you got to trust muscle the muscle memory when you get it into that oven yeah so favorites would be thanksgiving Simple tacos, and there's a pizza place in Florence that for me is the spot I that I will I've been. always go to. Every time I go to Florence, it's right next to Santa Croce, um, and it's it's literally probably 30 steps away from Ooh. Santa Croce. And every time I go to Florence, which has only been twice, but every time I've gone, I've had this place, and I will continue to go back every time I've been in Florence. For some reason... Their pizza is kind of the perfect combination of that. I, I like thin crust pizza, but I like it to have a little bit of something. Like I, I don't want it just so paper thin that it's, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So it, it's it got kind of the perfect layer of crust for me. And for some reason, it just works. You just and get cheese, right? I No, I get the, uh, I, I get some version of a meat. So usually like a, a sausage or a fennel um, or a pepperoni. And uh, some greenery, you know, whatever they usually it's basil or, yeah. you know, something like that. So for me, that's that's my go to. And I could probably eat that every day yeah. and be happy. I want it um, right now. And they don't cut it for you, right? You have no. to slice it up yourself. Personal pizza. Good times. It, personal pizza. Exactly. I don't care what size it is. It's a personal. Yeah. That's how good the pizza is. And my there. wife looked at my pizza this last time and she wanted some. And I was gracious enough to allow her to have a small slice and I only just slightly <laughs> regretted it. <laughs> this is how marriages succeed. Yeah. Now, as a pizza, I'd say purist and enthusiast, I feel like the right way to sample any pizzeria is just get the cheese. Yeah. Not to say I don't like toppings, but mm -hmm. if you just sample a pizzeria for the first time, just get that simple cheese and then move forward. Mm -hmm. But you and I are on the same page with Lococo's, right? Mm -hmm. Locally? I love Lococo's. And that's an Avado family, you told me? Yeah. 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 I mean, I know the Lococo's. I go in there and the smell is the same as when I was six years old. Yeah. Heaven. Okay. Uh, here's my last one for you. Okay. Just a couple of 
Caucasian fellas in their mid thirties talking about rap, but three favorite rappers. I'm glad Ever. this came up. I'm glad this came up because Ever. I, I'm I have to go old school on almost please do all of them. Uh, and and I'm gonna take one new do. guy and and this is gonna be my only controversial one and I'll do him last. I'll just disagree already. Number one, uh-huh. Tupac. I'm For me, you. you can be upset about Tupac because obviously his life had all sorts of avenues and. You know, I know that, you know, there's issues in Marin City and, and, and whatnot. From a pure childhood rap, what he was rapping about, impact on rap itself, for me, Tupac's the guy. Sound um, of voice. How about his something voice, so simple? Yeah, his, his voice, when you hear uh, To Live and Die in L.A. or you hear All Eyes on Me or Picture Me Rolling, mm-hmm. I still hear those beats and go, all right, I remember, you know, what, what that felt like. And and so for me, it's got to be Tupac. Um, I'm not going to put Biggie in there only because I can only really remember like two Biggie songs, you know, Hypnotize and uh, the, the other one that was really famous and I'm not even going to remember the title of it. But Juicy. Juicy, yes. It so, was all a dream. Yeah. So those two, those two songs for me made him. So I'd go Tupac, number one. Um, I'm going to take one that's just lyrically amazing, as well as, you know, hip hip for his day, and that's Eminem for me. Oh, that's actually so, a good one. Eminem for me. I don't hate it. I, I can always listen to Eminem, and there's a little bit of sadness, but lightheartedness as well. Um, and I think that that's what I liked about him. Um, and the current one for me, and this is going to sound terrible because... I don't know if I even like, I don't like everything he does, but I, I really like Kanye West. I don't think he's a great rapper. That was my question. Though. He's not. He's not a great rapper. <laughs> he's not. But he's in the rap genre. Yes, he is. And he has probably the best, produ- he's the best producer for me of music that I've heard in my lifetime. Um, the, I mean, he's worked for so many different people. He's worked for Jay-Z. He's currently worked for Nas. He's worked for Ooh, so many different Nas people. I Nas I love, by the way. Kanye. And if I was going to go just lyrics, we're going Nas. The problem for me with Nas is after I listen to about two Nas songs, I'm done. I need to move on. Mm. Um, the difference with Kanye for me is that I can listen to a full album of Kanye and go straight through. Now, my wife would be like, please turn that off. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's... It is what it is. So I've I, never gone through a full album of Kanye. Well, what I love about Kanye is every album is incredibly different. So you're never going to get the same feel that you get on the first album, which, by the way, I still think his first album, for me, is probably the best rap album ever. Is that with College the Dropout? Wire? Yeah. That was a good song. College Dropout, that album is, in my opinion, probably the best rap album ever. Yeah. Actually, I'm with you. Two out of three, Eminem and Tupac are dynamite. I realize, though, like, do you consider Beastie Boys rap? Yeah, and I I've do. never liked them for some uh, reason. I oh, know. I'm shocked because I like groups like a Tribe Called Quest. I like a Tribe Called Quest. Q-Tip, you know, I guess he was viewed as the front man. The if, leader. If at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't just want to pick groups, but Black Thought of the Roots, mm-hmm. Tariq, the front man. I'll put him in my top three. He's just so smooth. I like the Roots. I love the Roots. Just the way he writes the rhymes and it's a live band. I saw them at the Phoenix in Petaluma, yeah. that hollowed out empty movie theater. In 1999, and I was just, like, transformed. Because I do think you and I grew up just listening to radio rap. Yeah. You know, whatever was Snoop Dre, Ice mm-hmm. Cube, Ice-T, Tupac, which is all fine. But when I discovered a few groups that, like, maybe were more on the underground scene, like I like Black Alicious and Living Legends and Atmosphere, 
all these groups. I will put Eminem in my top three. Yeah. So you and I are seeing eye to eye. Yeah. I think this is how we're ending the podcast. Yeah. Is that I'm with you on Tupac and Eminem, and I'll just put Black Thought from the Roots in there. But A Tribe Called Quest, that sound, even when I play it for students, you know, I play some exit music sometimes yeah. for students. They all look up and go, what is this? Yeah. They like it still. And it's like it's such incredible. a major success. You know what's crazy? And this, uh, I'll, I'll just throw this in here. The other day, I was talking to someone. I said, have you ever heard Lauren Hill? Mm. They're like, no. I'm mm. like, how have you never heard Lauren Hill? Sister Act 2. I mean, her voice. Talk about iconic voices that can go with rap. Oh, my God. Lauren Hill is the voice for me. Like, it, it's almost like she was this ghetto voice that could really, like, tap into everything that was that and for me it's almost angelic when you hear her i agree right. she plays it like an instrument you ever the hear fuji's of, are great by the fuji's way fuji's amazing that score album you ever hear of the movie dave chappelle's block party yes i've Where, seen it oh you saw it? excellent yeah when, when she comes out. on stage the crowd kind of gets a little closer yeah. to the stage yeah. like they she's magnetic yeah i feel a, like she's magnetic like a rainy day in Brooklyn and Chappelle just sets up a stage and some speakers. I know more goes into this production that I'm describing. But when Lauren got on stage, oh, my God, yeah. I felt chills. All right. Well, thank you for being on here. And uh, I had fun. I'm glad that we got an opportunity to talk one more time. Me too, my starts. brother. What, what can we plug? Uh, can well, we plug our class? Tomorrow, be there. Second tomorrow, period. Yeah. Go to class. <laughs> or Jason's on Twitter. What's your handle? At, at jcerl24. All right. What's the 24 significant of? That was my baseball number in high school. Willie Mays. Um, at Jay Rosenberg 957. And yeah, go ahead and listen to the podcast. Here we go as well. Yes. These are plugs. Please. These are plugs to all 12 of you. These are plugs. I know. And I, I keep getting the same question. How do I make sure that you get or I get your podcast? It's You just click the subscribe button. Easy money. Easy. All right. We'll see you later. This has been One More Thing. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.